Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor's going to distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.com. FM to get started. We are two weeks from the Royal Rumble. Braun is on the rampage. Goldberg is inducted into the 2018 Hall of Fame. And, oh my God, there was a Seth and Finn rematch right now. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. <laughs> It was the Braun show. Mm. It was the Braun mm. show, and we had to. Welcome to January 15th, 2018. We are one week away from the 25th anniversary of Raw. Uh, we, we're coming to you live at the AT&T Center in San Antonio. Well, Raw was. My panel of guests tonight, we have, he's here on the far end. You know him from Total Divas after show on After Buzz TV. We've got him tonight. It is Roger Goldust Corral. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, yeah, Roger Corral. You can find me on Twitter, Roger underscore Corral. And next to him, you know him. I mean, just say some wrestling letters. <laughs> and this man has worked for and wrestled for those letters. We have True Hobo. Yeah, working hard. You know, just putting in the time, putting in the effort. Good things happen when you dedicate yourself to a particular task and set forth in one direction you will reach your destination. Yep. Not only is he a wrestler, he's on the NXT After Show, so, you know, hit him up. I'm good at the talking stuff into the microphone. I do it kind of a lot now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, yes, wow, next week, 25th anniversary of Raw. And then, you know, we're two weeks away from the Royal Rumble, where we will not only have a men's Royal Rumble, but we will have... Uh, thir- I'm going to say a 30-piece. I'm going to say a 30-piece. Uh, <laughs> Women's Royal Rumble. That is looking happen. good. I know. I'm, I'm so excited for this. You just do not know. Oh, my God. Okay, but starting off raw, we've got Braun Strowman. He's in the ring, and he begins, he's telling us, basically, I'm not going to use Strowman words here, <laughs> but basically, he's going to be the next Universal Champion. Uh, raw GM Kurt Angle comes out, and he, with... With an entourage, let's say. A horde. Security. A security guard. Just guys. a lot of security <laughs> San Antonio's <laughs> finest. Yes. Yes, indeed. Um, basically, Braun put a lot of people's lives in danger last week. Cost thousands of dollars in damage. A grappling hook was involved. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, you better not. It was a grappling hook. That sounds like something you make up. No, there was a grappling hook. You'll never believe it. There yeah. was a friggin' grappling hook. It's like, Susan, I want to tell you, uh, I got crazy once a grappling hook came out. It's, it's oh, one of those oh, things. Oh, you're lying to me, and I know it. <laughs> well, but basically, wrestlers are supposed to settle things in the ring, not with a grappling hook. So, guess what? The Royal Rumble will not be a triple threat. It will not be Braun, Brock, and Kane any longer. In fact, uh, Braun is no longer invited. Not only is Braun no longer invited, Braun is fired. That was a brutal firing. He did not take that well. (laughs) (laughs) 
Obviously, Kurt Angle missed that day of corporate training. <laughs> you fire the man on Friday. You mm. never fire anybody on Monday, especially at the start of the workday. Because crap like this happens! <laughs> this is all Kurt Angle's fault! Are we blaming the victim here, though? He was just, no, he should have fired him on Friday. Yeah, that, that was not he a good call He should have him on Friday. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, yeah, basically, so we even follow Braun uh, backstage with security where he's being escorted to the exit. You know, it's very nice. <laughs> things going were, well. Things going well. Uh, he gets to the exit and he's like, make me leave. Uh, and uh, he decides to take out security instead. And it, he does so. it was masterfully done. I mean, that last security guard that he just... It, would, it almost seemed like an afterthought. <laughs> almost seemed like an afterthought for him to, like, flip that man like a, like a flapjack and toss him over a guardrail into a table. It was yep. two hours of mayhem. <laughs> like, two hours of nonstop mayhem with it, Braun just taking anything that was in sight. Yes. Yes, it was. Because we were just following him the entire night. Because, uh, I mean, hey, you follow where the action goes. <laughs> I was wondering how far this was going to go. <laughs> well, I mean... From the outset, I'm just sort of questioning, okay, how how much damage can he actually do? Ooh. And then, slowly, throughout the night, periodically, we catch up with him and see what exactly he's doing. And it, it the destruction does not end. Yeah, uh, he's, he's not finished yet. Uh, <laughs> he's not leaving until everyone gets these hands, which is exactly what he said. Or until they rehire him. Right? Like, no, like, no, no, no. what was his purpose? No, what? he was just in a rage at that point. <laughs> you don't think he, he cared was, at that point? He was in berserker mode. <laughs> I'm not sure they actually pay him. <laughs> I don't think they pay him. They just feed him. They throw raw <laughs> meat at him. And there goes, there's your pay for the night, you filthy animal. <laughs> yeah, but after this, and, uh, you know, Braun is just stroming, stroming. Uh, he's just, he's rampaging. Um, out in backstage. But we do have uh, Sh- Shizaro versus Titus Worldwide. I'm just going to call him that. Shizaro. Sure. It works. Yeah. yeah, and it's basically a rematch <laughs> from last week. Uh, so we know that Titus and Apollo will be in the Royal Rumble. And Shizaro is going to have a title match versus Jason Jordan and Seth Rollins. So with this particular match, though, I mean, you felt it that Shizaro is like, hey, that was a fluke that happened before and we're about to settle the score with this we need to go in strong to our title match unfortunately it didn't necessarily turn out (laughs) that way i mean there were a series of things we had a titus and cesaro going uh chop city on each other i actually particularly enjoyed that and uh well i mean there was a the way that the tag teams worked i was slightly impressed with Titus and Apollo, more impressed with Apollo than I was with Titus with this match, mm-hmm. which is interesting considering their experience levels and where they are with Raw right now. But really, I am so surprised that Shizaro didn't win this. The The reason why they didn't is because of Jason Jordan. Jason Jordan. Yeah, it's not for a lack of trying. Not for a lack of trying. <laughs> I mean... And let's let's be honest. Apollo was really showing it. I mean, when he did the uh, when he did that crossbody and then to a standing moonsault, I was like, "All right, I'm here for this." <laughs> and honestly, Apollo's, I like this popcorn. Apollo's always been capable of that. Mm. I think he's just needed the right platform to show that off. 
What I actually saw from Apollo tonight, literally the moment Apollo walked to the ring, I looked at him and said, he's put size on. I can automatically tell. Look buffer? One wrestler to another. Not not necessarily buffer, just bigger. Oh. And I could, I could tell. Mm-hmm. And it shows he was doing more power stuff tonight than he has previously against two of the larger guys in the locker room. Mm-hmm. So you had... In, in essence, three straight powerhouses, Cesaro, Sheamus, and Titus, and then Apollo, who now has enough size to push around Sheamus and Cesaro, but also has the ability to move around like a, just a straight-up cat. <laughs> he's, he's very dangerous, and he's very hard to predict. And that move you're talking about, that crossbody, and then using, I think yeah. it was Cesaro's own momentum in pushing yeah, out. Yeah, it's like a counterweight. Yeah, no, yeah. it's it's very very intelligent movement. Do you it think moves. that style? Fit, do you think Apollo would fit better if he leaned towards a stronger style? Uh, no, personally, no, because you have enough powerhouses. Oh. Yeah, um, I'd he's, say he's, that he's, he's got that. He's got that flippy. He, he, he needs to, he has he needs to He's got the flippy. He needs to keep the flippy. Okay. But he's got the strong too. So well, I feel use like... it sparingly. Mm. Use that very sparingly True. because it's he then starts to step on the two oh five. And you don't want to step on those guys. That's essentially their their real arsenal. And when you start to look like a guy who should be in the 205, people are like, well, maybe you shouldn't be with Mm. the bigger guys. Maybe you should start working smaller instead of bigger. And I think that's why he started to work in more power to look like he belongs in the bigger division and try Mm. and just use the the flighty stuff sparingly. And I think that's why he works with Titus as well. I think both styles complement each other, Mm -hmm. and they both mask each other's weaknesses in the ring. So I, I, I think it's a good... I, I, I'm not sure how long it could last because I don't I don't see like a a branding even though it's a yeah, Titus, Titus brand. Or a <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure if I see a branding long term for them. Oh, do you think Apollo could uh, stand on his own too at this point? I mean, it almost feels like they're just figuring out what to do with him. Yeah, yeah. Again, I think they mask each other. They they mask each other's weaknesses really well. Um, but again, I think they complement each other. We don't see that much flippy, and when we do, we've already seen Titus go in there and strong arm everyone. I think it's yeah. a very good a meshing of the styles, and especially when they're going up against the Cesaro and Sheamus, I think they complement each other really well. Titus is always moving forward when he gets to that ring. Everything's in a forward motion. That's mm-hmm. football. You know, that, that was <laughs> yeah. that was really his whole background and training is football. So everything's forward. Everything's very strong and moving always in a singular direction. Mm-hmm. Which, when compared to Apollo Cruz. Cruz is able to really go all over the place where Titus goes in one straight line. There is an age difference, and I'd say an overall experience difference between the two. Titus really, his roots are in WWE, and that's it. But Cruz has wrestled all over the world, wrestled with a whole lot of different talent, different places, so I think his overall experience is greater than Titus's, but Titus's management experience may be better than Apollo's. I think maybe in the very short-term future, Titus is going to resume his role simply as a manager and a manager of talent, and there will be a third that comes along to, well, technically a fourth that comes along Mm. to Titus Worldwide. I would love that. I would love that, actually. Uh, Yeah, for this particular match, uh, just when Sheamus got Apollo up, it looked like he was doing white noise. It looked like Cesaro was climbing up to join in on the fun, and then Jason (laughs) Jordan's music hit, 
and they're distracted. Everybody has a what the hell moment. Uh, and yeah, and Apollo seizes the day or the distraction, whatever, and uh, gets to roll up pen, schoolboy pen, done. Yep. Yeah. So <laughs> we continue on with uh, Bronze Rampage backstage. <laughs> Uh, did you ever play that video game, Rampage? Because he really? was a monster <laughs> on a rampage. He was, he was a kaiju, a force there of nature. There we go. Yeah. Yes, he was. Uh, he's looking for Kurt Angle. You know, he's kicking down doors. He's looking for his office. Storming green rooms. No TV is safe. Uh, neither is Kurt. And, you know, he's <laughs> still looking. He winds up in catering. And he just ruins everybody's meals. Everybody's meals is ruining. And he even choke slams Kurt Hawkins. You know, Kurt Hawkins just continuing to make history. Yeah. <laughs> the only person that doesn't get wrecked is, I, I like to call him Cake Man. Yeah. I'm just going to call him Cake Man. Uh, he survives by passively giving a chocolate cake to the monster. <laughs> I wouldn't yeah. say giving it so much as he just froze. Complete, <laughs> absolute terror, frozen, and he just happened to have cake, which for the moment satisfied the monster. There you monster go. Monster wanted cake, and he let the man live. <laughs> it's like taming a bear. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But with cake. With cake. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Be old slice of chocolate cake. <laughs> Wish he just grabbed his bare hand and ate like yeah. one does. And Cake Man lives to see another day. He can tell the others. He yeah. is the warning. He is He's the a warning. warning. You always He's leave one warning. alive to tell the story. <laughs> Uh, and I like uh, Joseph Bosa in the uh, chat room says, he knew Braun was hungry. Causing chaos makes you hungry. Mm, I love it. So we continue with Enzo Amore with Tony Abs. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, so Enzo says uh, he's going to be leaving with his cruiserweight belt. That That's just, that's said and done. He might be stitched up like Frankenstein, but that makes Cedric Alexander Dracula because he sucks. I actually like these put-down puns that they did for this entire time, so I'm going to say them all. So Goldust comes out with Cedric Alexander, and he says if uh, Enzo was a movie, he goes straight to DVD. Alexander, however, box office smash, a blockbuster, and when he wins a Royal Rumble, there'll only be one word to describe him. Champion. Mm. Yes. But um, Goldust has one word for Enzo. And Cedric takes the mic to tell him, from his eye to his ankle, there's only one word to describe him. S-A-W-F-T. Soft. Love that. And uh, Braun's backstage antics uh, continue. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just like, it's like in, the, in the foreground, it's life happens. It's like a happens. backdrop. <laughs> yeah, it's like um, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. You know, you have uh, Baby Groot dancing and destruction is happening in the background. Kind of, yeah. yeah. I like it more of the, the uh, Muppet show. You know, you have the show going on, but backstage, everything's a mess. <laughs> fire, explosions, penguins. It's, it's chaos. Yeah. I know it's a long time ago. This reminded me of, it was like a 1997 episode back when Brett was pissed back, uh, you know, on Raw, coming out okay. all the time, complaining. And he would come out, want to fight a match, and it wouldn't happen. <laughs> and so they would keep fighting for the rest of the hour, the two hours. That's what this felt like. Like, <laughs> we're trying to do a show. And Braun won't let us like, <laughs> get his show. It's like, Braun, just calm down. Get this man some chocolate cake. More chocolate. Get this man cake. <laughs> so we have uh, Cedric Alexander versus Tony Nese, where there's a number of things in this match that I really enjoyed. Well, I, I enjoy Tony anyway um, in the ring. Oh. You know, I, I feel like he's smart and he has 
fun. And that's something that I really adore in my wrestlers. I like that he took a time out to count his abs. You know, <laughs> we had the trio woe with a bicycle kick attack. Mm. You know, that was Actual very Dragon Ball Z. Bicycle. Actual bicycle. <laughs> Actual bicycle. Uh, you also had gold dust, like, scaring and mock dancing at Enzo. Just, you know, fun stuff. Uh, and then, of course, like, some real, well, some real wrestling stuff where... Um, where Tony Nese was about to go into a lumbar check, and then he countered that into a side headlock. Loved that. Um, but in the end, Cedric Alexander does win with a lumbar check. What did y'all think of this match? It's very impressive. Uh, Tony Nese is, is a lot like Cedric Alexander. They have very similar styles. The only real difference is Tony Nese loves to gloat. Huh. He knows he knows what he brings to the table, and it's, it's you know, a, a pretty chiseled physique. I wouldn't say he's got a lot of charisma, uh, but that kind of goes with the territory. When you got guys that look really good, they don't have a lot of personality, <laughs> do they? Calling uh, it out. Hey, just and that, like I said. That's why we have Enzo in the division. Enzo brings the personality out of all of them. I think he makes them all better at the end of the day. Yeah, I will say that I enjoy this Enzo. Like, this reminds me of older Enzo before we had that whole him, you know, <laughs> trying to romance. Crew. Oh, him trying to romance um, uh, Rusev's wife, Lana, <laughs> in the hotel room, you know, pre all of that. Him naked in the locker room, pre all of that. Lovable when Enzo. Yeah, when, where, where it's just like, he was just that guy. That guy yeah. with the puns, with the, with the put down puns. It's like, it was a good time. <laughs> So I liked this. I want I want more of this. I think that's fun. That's what got me uh, interested in Enzo in the first place. But that's me personally. So we do have Kurt backstage right now. And uh, he's just, it's panic mode. It's panic mode. We got to lock this down. Braun is a wild animal. We're going to call SWAT. I mean, that's. <laughs> Obviously. That's, that's yeah. the next step. That's the next logical step in this process. So, and then he finds out that bronze after the TV production trucks, they're apparently worth twelve million dollars. <laughs> so, I it. yeah, we've got to, we've got to, you know, go. We've got to, you know, get them, get him. So, and then we cut to Braun in the production truck. He runs everybody out because he's going to shut everything <laughs> down. And it seems like he kind of changes his mind, um, you know, mid rampage. Uh, all I can think of is like Donkey Kong with barrels. And he le- he leaves. Production crew goes back to work like, okay, he's gone. Okay, this is all good. Oh, no, it's not all good. Because outside, <laughs> Braun has disengaged a tractor, uh, and he decides to flip a semi. He, 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 he flipped a rig. Can I say how fun that was? Okay. Like, that, <laughs> like right. We have Braun, like, he goes into the, the control room, causes chaos everywhere, I expected the feed to be turned off at that point. I like I thought the show was yeah. over by that point. And you're right. He left. He comes back. And there's like an 18-wheeler just waiting for all of them. Well, that's fun. <laughs> I didn't know he could drive stick. <laughs> I just knew. He did. Um, I, I could not drive a semi if I got into one. But then I also couldn't flip one after I drove it a couple of feet. Yeah, forward, this guy could apparently so. drive and flip all sorts of things. Hey. See, it's, it's just believing you can. Mm. With that attitude, if you keep saying to yourself, I'll never flip a semi, you never will. There you go. You have to have a dream. Absolutely. You have to have a dream and then you follow it. Happy MLK Junior Day. Yeah. <laughs> and then flip that truck. You can flip that tractor. Yeah, the, the truck of inequality. We're going we to flip it. We're going to flip it all. Oh, man. So 
Yeah, I mean, uh, Kurt Angle's involved in this, but really the important thing is that he flips the truck. That's the important thing. It's the biggest thing he's flipped so far. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that is markedly heavy. That's, that's, I don't, I, wow. Just wow. <laughs> <laughs> we can't, can't put it to words. I know, I know. I mean, he, he survived being crushed by a dumpster. He survived all the ambulance stuff. I think, like, he has, like, a secret relationship <laughs> with ambulances <laughs> now. And, yeah, now uh, he's flipping trucks. I mean, where do you go from there, right? I don't know. We well, say know. that every time. Every <laughs> time we go, where do you go from here? They figure something else out. I don't know. I don't know where we're going. I, I have no idea. But I know that uh, Braun then leaves that scene. And he continues to be followed by... He continues to be followed by security guards. I guess they're going for the employee of the year. Because at that point, I would have dusted. I mean, yeah. He just flipped the truck. What are you going to do? Yeah. It's like, there, there's nothing. There's nothing. <laughs> I don't have any chocolate cake to give him. I'm not... I'm not... This I isn't what I'm doing. I think they were waiting on, on the man with the tranquilizer gun. <laughs> <laughs> they were just trying to corral him and keep him together until the sniper up in the bell tower could get him with the, the dart oh, on the neck. Lords. That might be the only I, way. I love that. Kurt Angle has a dart <laughs> gun. He took <laughs> Big Show out with it. I he love that. He has it somewhere. Why couldn't he have brought it to Texas? They Please. love guns in Texas. <laughs> Even dart guns. I'm from Texas. They do love gun sales. They do. Yeah. Wow, I I kind of needed this to happen, and like for me, I kind of need for Bailey to have done it, just to be like for the people, <laughs> whatever, whatever yeah. tagline she wants to use. No, she sting. <laughs> At this point, are, are we really sure that he could even be taken down with a tranquilizer? It's worth a shot, right? If it could take down like an if it could take down an elephant, it should be able to take down Braun. Can an elephant take down an eighteen wheeler though? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, maybe uh, I don't know. That's, that's in the like gas one, tank. <laughs> that's like one of those things, like a uh, Black Panther versus Wolverine, <laughs> Elephant versus a uh, semi, yeah. <laughs> versus Rob Strowman. <laughs> It's like the elephant doesn't. Tusks. The <laughs> elephant doesn't know why they're wrestling, but he's going to finish it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, Strowman comes out to the announcer table, and he goes after Michael Cole because who doesn't I go think, after Michael? Cole? I think Corey pushed Cole out of the way to escape. I think that's what happened. Corey Graves is a stand-up employee. Man. Yeah, so uh, he lifts him, and I, my guess is he was taking him back to catering to, like, eat him, because, yeah. you know, at that point. And he, he doesn't just lift him. He grabs him from his underwear. Yes. In a, a belt. Yeah, yeah. The, yes. the belt. It's like an atomic, atomic wedgie. <laughs> atomic wedgie going on there. Um, at that point, after all of this, uh, Kurt and security come out. Uh, so Kurt tells him, hey, 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 the cops have been called off. Uh, Stephanie McMahon says that you have been rehired. There is no need to do all of this. Which he seems happy and he breathes. And then he tosses Michael Cole into the horde of uh, security guards anyway. You know? He had to finish what he started. Just, just for S&Gs. giving the people what they want. <laughs> yeah. That is why he is really endeared to them. How did you feel about them placating this rampage? Uh, I, I yeah. kind of don't know what else there was to Where do. Where else could you have gone with it, uh, right? Yeah. I mean, unless you trank him, and then he shows up again next week during the 25th anniversary. I mean, 
I kind of wish this was the go-home for the Royal Rumble. Yeah. Right. It ended up being such a good Holy episode. This was really good. He's going to kill Kane and Brock Lesnar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that would be the, the go-home of go-homes. And, I mean, you guys yeah. mentioned it earlier. I don't think getting hired was his purpose at this point. Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all this content for you, the listener, free of charge, is our amazing sponsors. Today, Beach Too Sandy, Water Too Wet is one of those sponsors. Beach Too Sandy, Water Too Wet is a comedy podcast featuring brother and sister duo Alex and Christine as they recap dramatic readings of one-star reviews written by real people with not-so-real problems. Whether it's a bar's no-throw-up policy or a barista who's just too friendly or maybe a school psychologist's fashion sense, reviewers complain about everything. Prepare for equal amounts laughter and eye-rolling. Each week, Alex and Christine cover topics ranging from strip clubs in Vegas, ghost tours in New Orleans, or DMVs in Phoenix. They nobly delve into the cesspools of Yelp, TripAdvisor, and other review sites to find you the best of the worst. Listen to Beach Too Sandy, Water Too Wet on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, or any of your favorite podcasting apps. You can also find them on all social media platforms at Beach2Sandy. I think he just likes to destroy things on a weekly basis. So I'm not even yeah. sure if that was a wise move by Kurt Angle. All you're doing is validating his behavior. Right, right. <laughs> positive, uh, positive reinforcement. Oh, crap, we've created a monster. <laughs> you made yes. it even worse. I'll bet this is what happened. Nine years old, he's seven feet tall, and they just give him whatever he wants at that point, and then he goes through the rest of life just breaking things or, or demanding control. Man, uh, it's just, uh, maybe they just gave him chocolate cake back then. Maybe that was just the thing. Until it didn't work anymore. Until it did not work he anymore. He outgrew it. He outgrew it. <laughs> he had a flashback in that moment when he saw the cake. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and Marie, Marie Annette brings up in the chat room. Uh, this time, Cole didn't lose a shoe. Oh, <laughs> yeah. hey, good for him. Good for I him. Know. <laughs> I know. But there, he did land on a pile of like 10 guys willing to give him their shoes. There, so there he would go. never have been without. There you go. And he took them all down. So that was a strong throw. That was. There were like. like I, I mean, I'm going yeah. to say there <laughs> were 15 of them. I don't know. If one went down, they all go down. It's it's the mm-hmm. domino effect. Yeah. It's not that it was a strong throw, it's just a bad angle. It's <laughs> <laughs> Jenga. So we do move on into a match of um, Asuka versus Nia Jax. Uh, and this is a rematch, yes, uh, yeah. from. From before and this wow! Is, no, no, this is the well, first time. Not, no, not a rematch. No, thought, they wrestled before. No, they wrestled before. Well, I mean, not on Raw. Ah, they have, this is the first time on on network television they've actually locked horns. Hmm. I don't even think they promoted it that way. Yeah. Okay. Huh. Well, uh, in this particular match, I mean, wow, wow, this match. I very much enjoyed Asuka basically being backed into a corner with like she has this this unstoppable force of Nia Jax where she is scrambling for other tools in her toolbox, like in her toolkit to bring to bring Nia Jax down. It's like, oh the arm bar, I got the arm bar. Oh the arm bar didn't yeah. work. She powered out of it and um, you know Oh, she got power slammed for her trouble. You know, um, when she locked her into that leg bar, and it was just like, wow. And then she got bear hug crush. And these are in, not in that order. And uh, I'm sorry, the knee bar, when she got that knee bar in. And I just, I thought that this was going to be it for Asuka. And that was interesting because we're still two weeks away from Royal Rumble. Do we want to have our Empress of Tomorrow come out defeated two weeks before then? Well, apparently we did not have to run across that because um, Asuka ended up knocking Jax's leg out from underneath her on the outside. 
hitting the metal steps and then kind of looking like twerking the knee yeah. a bit. Yeah. Uh, referee had to call it, and that was the end of the match. Lucky break, by the way, because like you said, two weeks before the Royal Rumble, Oof. that's a big challenge to give her. Luck ain't got nothing to do with it. One thing I know about Asuka from watching her for years in NXT is when she gets backed into that corner, she has got a tool kit that is about two miles in depth. <laughs> she has got more to work with than probably any individual on the roster. She's got strikes, she's got holds, she's got lifts, uh, and she's got all of the ring at her disposal. What she did was no freak accident. It was very calculated. She worked the knee bar, went went to the outside, got taken advantage of, the, advantage of there, watched Nia Jax step up onto the stairs, and it went right after yep. that left knee. Calculated, cold-blooded, and wedging it in between those steps. Now, the stairs are like this, and you have the ring post in the middle. Her foot got caught here, and as she turned her back to the steps, it twisted the ankle outward, which was probably her plan. She's... (laughs) We're crediting her for this? Oh, 100%. (laughs) This was not an accident. Asuka's smart. She's Deadly. Deadly deadly, smart. Deadly wrestler. Uh, And the way that this ends, it's pretty good for both of them yeah. you know well, not sure uh, well about, you know, i don't know if, i don't know about that i know Naya, it's like let's see what happens with jack and see the only the... reason i bring luck I, you're right she has a bag of tools at her disposal oscar is really good at that but how often does she usually use it like or that she has or does she or does she have to yeah so then it, that's where that comes in i don't know if she was ready for this kind of challenge again two weeks before the royal rumble it's a pretty big challenge it's a big mm-hmm. match I don't. I, I think she re, she reacted well to the challenge, but again, I, I do think there was a little bit of luck in there because I mean the match didn't end in a conventional manner, anyways. So yeah. who knows where it was going? The match. I, I think Oscar had another knee bar in her. A slowed opponent now has a, a very sensitive uh, knee problem. Not not an injury yet, but the the knee bar coupled with the fact that she had it trapped and twisted in the stairs. And now she comes back in. That knee is the focal point. And yep. with somebody as large as Nia Jax, you want to go after the legs mm. to keep their base of power away as far as you can. So that would be Asuka's next point of attack, would be that knee. But luckily for her, the ref called the match. Yeah. Uh, it, it wasn't It wasn't luck. This was all very calculated. This was my favorite match of the night. I agree. Hands down. I agree. Pay-per-view quality match. I was all about this match. On a Monday match. night. Yeah, and kudos to Asuka also for keeping her head in a professional setting. Because for me, if I'd been in that situation with, with the jacks there... I probably would have um, hit, you know, street rules, like, real quick. <laughs> Some kendo sticks? Yeah. Well, that that would have been, like, blind her, blind her. I would have not been able to stop myself. Well, let's not pretend this was exactly a clean victory. There was, the stairs were involved. In yeah. Or another, that's true. But that's Asuka's strength. There was only one person who almost beat her in NXT, Ember Moon. And mm. Asuka was forced then and there to make a decision whether yeah. she was going to cheat or lose, and she cheated. It was very minor. There was a minor breaking, bending of the rules. But she did it, and she did it tonight because she's more interested in winning. When it's all on the line, she is more interested in keeping the undefeated streak than having to sacrifice it. Ed, we're talking about Asuka. Like, I agree. Asuka had a great run, great match. 
what happens to Nia Jax after this? I mean, Nia Jax might have ruined her leg and might have ruined her opportunity at the Royal Rumble. Well, um, well, you know, speaking about that, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as it uh, continues on, well, we do we do uh, go back with uh, Jax in just a second. So uh, <laughs> we do see backstage. We have Jason Jordan and Kurt Angle. Uh, Jason is thanking Kurt for, you know, all of his chances that he's gotten. And he says he was watching out for Kurt all night, all night. Braun would not have touched him. <laughs> no, not at all. And he says that, you know, himself and Seth, they're ready to defend their tag team titles. Everything's great. But, hey, um, Seth really wants a match with Finn Balor. So let's just make that happen. So apparently Jason talked to his dad. I mean, this was like one of those uh, parent thing, parent kid things where he's like he talked to his dad when he knew his dad was just a little bit too frazzled to really think about it. And he's basically set up a match. Between uh, Finn Balor and Seth Rollins. I'm not saying that's not awesome, but also (laughs) the way that he went about it. It's like, all right, you're nails on a chalkboard for me, and I love what they're doing, this character. Jason Jordan is going into business for himself. Mm. This is, so far tonight, the second time he's done so. When he came out earlier to distract the tag team match, Seth Rollins came out after him going, What are you freaking doing? <laughs> like, what is this, dude? And he, he, time and time again, just keeps getting off the leash and causing trouble and mm. messing with stuff. And now he's making matches for his partner that his partner doesn't know about or necessarily want yeah. So, he is really skating on thin ice. It's going to come back to bite him. 100%. It, it will. <laughs> and, and won't we really want that to happen? Yeah. We just I want it to happen of, now. Yeah. I, I want a little bit more build-up, but I want it all to come back to him. <laughs> I really do. Which is great. It's great to make us feel for him. Uh, so, yes. So, we uh, have Tom Phillips. He joins the announcer table because Michael Cole is just, he's too shook. He's too shook. <laughs> he survived the brawn. So uh, Tom Phillips is there now. And that continues on. We have, um, oh, yeah, we have the WWE uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Life and Legacy video package. I felt like this was very respectfully done, where it went from, uh, you know, birth to death and then, like, all things that happen afterwards type of a thing. Um, yeah, I felt like this was this was well done. There, there are other times when you see... Um, video packages and other walks of life where they're very adamant with just throwing up the quotes. Like it seems like three of the <laughs> same quotes each time and not really taking the time to be like that. That was a 26 year old man. Yeah. You know, I mean, he was young. Yeah. He was young and he, he went through all this. That was a trying time. The only thing that I wish is that any of these video packages, not just WWE, but in general, I, I would love for them to have the pictures in color. Yeah. As opposed to, just black and white because it makes it feel like it's even more far removed when it really isn't. Well, they they had a package a little bit later, and that was in full color. And yes, I it liked, was. I like the differentiation between the two. Oh, that was yeah. that was. This is the past, and this is the present. You know. Oh, that's good. Oh, kind of I like that. that. The With two. The yeah. like I like that. And nice. Vince McMahon, I believe, tweeted today that MLK is his hero. So you know, yeah. I think it, it really is something that is really important to Vince McMahon personally. Mm. And so I, I think any time this holiday comes up every year, you see the effort put forth by the company. 
Yeah, well, super respectful and very well done. I thought it was very nice. So, but I'm um, bringing us to Nia Jax and uh, Alexa Bliss backstage. So Alexa's like, "Oh my god, I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I, you know, I thought you would have this. Why didn't you have this? I mean, you should have had this kind of a thing." And then Enzo shows up, uh, and he does have this. So uh, <laughs> Alexa can just continue on, and we have a nice little tender moment between uh, Enzo and Nia and. Hair's hair moving is involved. Enzo has permission to touch the hair. That's a big deal. Guys, if you have permission (laughs) to touch the hair, that is a big deal. Sure. So yeah. Yeah, so that's I'm I'm okay with this. I think that might be why he calmed down a little bit. I was gonna say she might soften him a bit. Yeah. (laughs) Could be. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's I will say when you're hurt though, it's nice to have somebody to lick your wounds with. Maybe like their wounds. Yeah, because um, <laughs> but okay. Like I got off topic. <laughs> so next up, we have uh, the revival. We have Dash and Scott back, and their versus Aaron Solo and Ricky Starks. Uh, extra talented. Mm. Yes, this. Uh, this was a very long match. Uh, it was <laughs> super long. It was actually the rest of the episode. Uh, no, it wasn't. It really wasn't. Uh, okay, they Revival ran roughshod over Extra Talented, and they finished with the Shatter Machine. That was it. Yeah, they, they didn't really give them a, a chance either. Not a whole lot of breathing room. Once the Revival gets their hands on you, they're going to smother you. Both of them together. <laughs> Even when when Starks got the tag in, he received a kick as he was coming in from Dash Wilder. I mean, they don't let anybody get any air. They control the space. Mm-hmm. They control the motion of the movement in the ring. And they say at best, they are tag team wrestling. Yeah, and they are they are a gritty style. I think this was a great opportunity. I know it was a really short match, but I think yeah. it was needed to highlight just how pivotal they are to the tag team division. We're loaded with tag teams at the moment. They wanted to go out there and show their exclamation point on the tag team division. Yeah, and I can throw around the term tussle. These are tusslers. They are. Like they, they get <laughs> down and dirty. Uh, they uh, had a mini interview in the ring with Charlie uh, Charlie Caruso. Uh, basically, they tell us that uh, we have just seen tag team excellence, not to be confused with other tag teams that are running to play video games <laughs> or to check their Instagram. <laughs> I wonder who he could be talking about. You know, Damn near um, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I would think a new day with the video games. I think thing. it was aimed towards a certain team. Yeah, and I think it was. No, Sh- I think it was Cesaro everybody. with the Instagram. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I everybody was, with Instagram. It's. It's. I wouldn't say it's a. It's the scourge of wrestling, but it's like it's what everyone <laughs> does. Okay. Everybody's playing the video games. Everyone. Everybody needs to play was video playing games. fantasy football, but a whole lot of shaking going down. <laughs> Man, everyone needs to play video games. I, I, I mean, I, I, I'm I biased. I'm so biased. I, mean, I would when it comes like to. That. to they should probably yeah. try it. I feel like they're probably hating on the entire division for playing backstage and probably not inviting them. Oh, oh you know what? Maybe. <laughs> uh, but Charlie, you know, ask them, are you looking forward to meeting the old school champions? You know, next week, 25th anniversary of Raw. And they're like, no. Uh, apparently, past greats like uh, Stone Cold uh, are jokes and they're embarrassed to be, you know, in the same sentence as them. And they're not sports entertainers. They are professional wrestlers. So solidifying themselves as heels, audience is all about it. And we continue on to the next segment where we (laughs) walk with Elias. Because Elias, he's a man. 
with a guitar and a spotlight in the center of the ring. Uh, he gives us information about the upcoming Rumble. He wishes Michael Cole well. And he, sing, he sings a revenge song for what John Cena did you know, over, over the holidays. Uh, he even gets a dig on the San, the San Antonio Spurs. It's just uh, masterful. <laughs> always the way to the city's heart. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Always, always. And he sings the intro for Miz and the Miz Tourage. So the Miz gets back in the ring. Can I say last week I was so happy to have him back. And he knows how happy we were to have him back because his first thing is the spark that was missing from WWE Raw was the Miz. Well, he's a fan of our show. I know he listens. So <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> there you go. Um, so he had an awesome return last Monday, laying waste to Roman Reigns, getting a shot at the Intercontinental Championship coming up, and his new television show, Ms. and Mrs. And he will get his title back next week at the 25th anniversary of Raw, and it will feel awesome. And I, that, I'm excited for him. I yeah. feel like that is the spark that was needed. I, I honestly feel like I believe 100% of what he says on the mic. He carries brands. He carries the workload in the ring. We needed the Miz back. <laughs> He's also one of the few guys that looks directly into the camera when he talks. And I I, I particularly appreciate that. Um, there's a connection that's made when, when you speak directly to your entire audience. And while there are many in attendance in arena, there are millions watching at home. And you must always remember that. And you are speaking directly to them when you stare into that camera. And he, he, he takes particular pleasure and attention in doing just that. And I, I appreciate that. Yeah, no, he, he savors it. He savors it, and we savor it along with him. I, I enjoy. So that does bring us into the handicap match for the night. It's Reigns, uh, Roman Reigns versus the Miz Rajasa, Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel. And, <laughs> yeah, I mean, this, this, was, this match went exactly the way that I thought it would. You know, I'm I'm not gonna say that I was well because I I knew <laughs> no 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 not not that I wasn't impressed I I really enjoy okay something you don't know about me Roger I really enjoy Bo Dallas I'm um I'm an IRS fan from back when mm. so his progeny is a okay with me at okay. any time so I'm all Wyatts all the time um but yeah with this I mean I I enjoyed like Bo Dallas getting his time in the ring with like you know he had him in the headlock you know he had that submission in. And I, I enjoyed I enjoyed the story that was told. I did. But I also wasn't surprised at the way that it ended up. And the way that it did end up is, um, well, there were a lot of fun things in it. But the way that it ended up was Rain, Rain's wins. Rain's gets the pen. It, basically, Curtis Axel tries to help Miz. Rain's gives him a spear for his trouble. Not only does Rain's get the pen, he gets Miz's uh, suit jacket. As a souvenir. <laughs> uh, because there's a number of things, but um, how did y'all feel about this? That was, it actually was longer than I anticipated. Hmm. I sort of thought that Reigns would get an easy victory here, but it wasn't as easy. He definitely had to fight uphill against two guys that actually know what they're doing. They're not local talent. These are a couple of the second, third generation, third generation athletes. Mm. So they know what they're doing in that ring. It just sort of happens that their their stock isn't so hot, and their head's not particularly where it needs to be. And the fact that Miz shoved Bo Dallas <laughs> into that Superman punch was not helpful <laughs> at all for their team. Yeah. And you're right. I mean, talking about teams with a chip uh, a chip on their on their shoulder. 
like that's I feel like Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel, they they have a chip on their shoulder. They might not have their head where it's supposed to be, mm-hmm. but they went out there and they proved themselves against Roman Reigns. And they put a, a way better showing than anyone expected. So I, I think it was a, a, a great way for them to show Miz that they're valuable, that they're important. And mm-hmm. again, probably another message to the tag team division that we're also here. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, and uh, Miss Raj did... Uh, pretty early on, introduce Roman Reigns very formally, you know, his face to the metal steps. So, you know, they definitely did that. They had a little trouble getting control right until that moment. Right until that moment. You just had to, you know, knock uh, fifth grade out of his head. Yeah. Basically. (laughs) He doesn't need that math. This is wrestling. (laughs) So, but yes. uh, And then something to tune into, uh, the Mixed Match Challenge. That's going to be starting uh, tomorrow night. And that's going to kick off with Sasha Banks and Finn Balor versus Natalia and Nakamura. Wow. So, I mean, it's going to be a total of 12 weeks. And possibly AfterBuzz might have an after show for that. You know, please, you know, follow AfterBuzz TV to find out if that's going to be rolling or not. But that does bring us, as I just said, the boss, Sasha Banks. That does bring us into this match that I was uh, I was surprised at. I will have to say, this one threw me for a loop uh, in, a, in a good way. You know, it's always good to get knocked off your access sometimes. And it was uh, Sasha Banks versus Sonya Deville. And uh, Mickey James and Bailey were back up for Sasha. And, of course, Mandy Rose and Paige uh, were back up for Sonya Deville. And, yes, this is following the fact that um, Paige has a neck, a neck injury. She will not be participating in the Women's Royal Rumble. And uh, thank goodness, I don't, I don't want her to if she's yeah. injured. It's this a shame, like, though. It's a real. It's it's such a shame. It so is. It hurts. They're getting their groove with her group right now. She's getting her groove back on an individual basis. I think fans were eager to see her become part of the women's revolution. Mm-hmm. And right as we get her, this happens. Wait, it's it's difficult seeing a talent like. Her, I saw her win the the NXT Women's Championship at such a young age, and the only thought really in my mind was, well, she could either become one of the greatest of all time and have longevity, or she will burn out right away. I am saddened that it is the latter. I wished for her a very long and successful career, but when you start at such a young age, it's very difficult to maintain... Uh, that schedule for a long time. Professional wrestling is very difficult, and uh, having a surgery such as the one that she had, where you have screws inserted into your neck, makes it very difficult to compete um, because any any movement uh, in the wrong direction in that area gives you immediate feedback. And she got such feedback, and uh, unfortunately, it's it doesn't look good as of now. Hopefully, yeah. they're able to work with her to strengthen that particular area. Um, and we just sort of have to keep uh, keep hoping that she is able to recover. Yeah. I mean, we can only uh, wish her the best. Um, hopefully, she gets the best possible treatment yeah. uh, with us also. And to just always move forward, I guess, would be and the, ho- the thing with that. Hopefully, she could stay involved. I feel like, mm-hmm. you know, being a part of wrestling itself... I think you crave it, you know, when you grow up in the business and that's all you know how to do. You know, you go to work every day and that's what you do. You go to the ring, you go backstage. That's your thing. That's your life. That's your home, basically. I I, I hope she sticks around. I think she's 
she's a veteran. Yeah, I hope she finds a, a different way to be involved. Yeah. Well, what she's doing right now is, I'd say, the most important work of all. She's taking a couple of unknown talents into Ville and Mandy Mm, Rose and is allowing them time in the spotlight while putting her stamp of approval on them. And I think it's actually helping them to become household names here in very... Very short time, especially with the win that DeVille was able to gain tonight over Sasha Banks. Absolutely, because uh, Sasha goes up top. I, I don't know what she was planning on doing. <laughs> I well, really don't. Any number of things any you can number do of from things. there. Yeah. Maybe a, a, just a but, short um, shotgun drop kick. But Sonya just kind of takes out all of those choose-your-own-adventure <laughs> options, and she plows her ribs with like this thunderous kick. Sasha goes down. She is out Sonia gets the pen, and um, Absolution wins that round. You could feel the wind coming out of oh, her. Oh, that was <laughs> a solid, solid it hit. It wasn't the kick itself, actually. If that kick would have been ribs. on the yeah. ground, that would have been okay. Mm. The fact that she fell and had no air in her lungs, that's what did it. Mm. Because yeah. you, it, your, your body has to be able to sort of soften the blow. And you have to have air in your lungs in order for you to to sort of let the motion carry through you. But without that air, it causes this, this this seizing in your lungs, and you cannot recover. I saw the same thing happen to Becky Lynch once. It's, it's wow. serious bad juju. And that's how you get a win. That's professional wrestling. There you go. Choosing the proper moment to use the tools at your disposal in order to gain a victory. And it was it was a pretty short victory. Yeah. Uh, that leads us into another uh, WWE video package. It looks like they went to the King Center uh, and then also a, a civil rights type tour where they had a lot of our WWE superstars um, just really, really bringing in and like really bringing it to mind of what Martin Luther King Jr. Day is all about. Like there was... Um, uh, the bus where Rosa Parks was sitting in, well, a statue of her, where Sasha Banks, then, you know, she had an emotional experience of being in that bus with that statue of Rosa Parks and a number of other things. I, I thought this was extremely well done. I'm very grateful that they did that. Where it's like, yes, bring that into the WWE universe that it's like, this is something that we care about. Yeah. And yeah, no, it was very there well was done. Also- a pivotal figure in professional wrestling who helped integrate professional wrestling. And his name was Sputnik Monroe. Uh, And he worked in the South. And he was one of the very first people to actually have both uh, black people and white people in the ring at the same time. And he was very pivotal in, in... having that movement in professional wrestling. And I think he deserves a little bit more due than he gets. Nice. Uh, So we have uh, Seth and Jason backstage. Uh, Seth... You know, he appreciates what Jason did, but he didn't like the way that he did it. So that moves us into Matt Hardy. He is woken. It's him versus Heath Slater. You have Rhino as backup. Matt's just using psychological moves on Heath Slater, (laughs) basically. His woken mind powers. Uh, He even psychs Heath out of the ring. Uh, Matt Hardy. He psyched him out. He psyched him out. Totally psyched him out. Uh, He bites Heath Slater, but the ref didn't see it. So, you know, it's fine. And bounces uh, Slater's head off of the turnbuckles. This we're used to. And he ends up getting the pen after a twist of fate. And it's over. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) And we have the newest inductee to the Hall of Fame for 2018. It is Goldberg. Goldberg. 
and there's a nice little video package from him from uh, WCW to him winning the Universal Championship uh, last year. And they will be honoring him Friday before WrestleMania on April 6th in New Orleans, which brings us to the main event. Three hours of wrestling that we incorporate into one hour. And we have Finn versus Seth. Give me your thoughts. Just a very fast-paced match. Both individuals having similar styles, but uh, able to differentiate from each other. They even have almost a similar move set. Both of them using the sling blade. Uh-huh. But in this match, hitting it back-to-back, so sort of tipping the hat to each other, as it were, as having similar styles, but yet being so very different. And this wasn't so much a match of one person in control and then the other in control. What you saw was... Two individuals who know each other well enough to pick the moments to turn the tide on the other with particularly uh, strong and hard-hitting movements. To me, it was like watching a well-painted canvas. Like that, you know, they they, they go in there and they do have very similar styles. Mm-hmm. I, I think they do a good job of capturing the crowd without without any moment, without any lapses in there. And it, it's like a non-stop movement that's just happening in the ring like it's all beautiful it's all happening and i i think at the end they bring the best out of each other they really do um i loved um seth doing that head kick alongside finn's head it was like the kick heard around the world <laughs> or just around san antonio but um basically what ends up happening at the end jason jordan who oh, you know was back up for seth he ends up grabbing finn's leg finn trips like Face planting into the mat. Uh, hey, Architect isn't going to, you know, isn't going to this opportunity pass. He curb stomps Finn into the mat, gets a pinfall. Jason is well-meaning. They won the match. Um, there's a possibility that the referee might have done a three count before that, but uh, we don't tomato, know. Tomato, tomato. Uh, to me, I think that goes to show how evenly matched they were through all of this matchup that almost either man won this match. Yes. Yeah. Yes. This was almost a a complete and total uh, draw. Yeah. If it weren't for the fact that Jason Jordan got involved, there may not have been a finish to this match. Oh, and he was pleased as punch. (laughs) See that? That was the hugest night. Hugest grin. He had a great night. Uh, we had a great night. This was a great raw. We, I, I very much very enjoyed this. Show. Very solid show. I mean, way to show out. Next week, 25th anniversary. We're two weeks from Royal Rumble. And yes, I agree with you, Roger. This felt like a go-home. Uh, but Roger, for everybody that um, hasn't seen you yet on Total Divas, uh, put yourself over. Yeah, my name's Roger Corral, and you can find me on Twitter, Roger underscore Corral. Hmm. And True Hobo, uh, you can find, me find you on the Twitter and the Instagram at True Hobo. I got a whole bunch of stuff coming up, so keep your eyes glued to the Twitter for that. And I'm Markeia McCarty. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Markeia McCarty, M A R K E I A M C C A R T Y. And tomorrow at 2 p.m. on uh, Marvel Movie News, it will be an all Black Panther episode along with Marvel Movie News. So that'll mm-hmm. be at uh, 2 p.m. That'll be on our sister network, Popcorn Talk. And tune in because it will be everything that you need to nerd about Black Panther. (laughs) So thank you for joining us tonight, though. We hope to see you next week for the 25th anniversary Raw and then the Royal, the Raw after Royal Rumble. Ah. So, yeah, but we'll see you that time. That's Monday nights, 9 p.m. And we will see you then. Bye-bye. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. 
to watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, Buzz you later. later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only. Do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.